seriously popular. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off. This is our weekend preview show and we've got a lot of FA Cup fixtures to look forward to. Um, first of all, uh, Chris, who's here, um, has already broken his New Year's resolution, um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I thought he's, I that, thought he'd, That's not true. That's thought, fake news. I thought he'd last five days. He's actually lasted four, but we'll get to that in a minute. Before we start, I want to tell, I want to tell you a little story, Chris. Um, back in 1990, uh, Newcastle and Sunderland played a two-legged playoff game um the winner getting to the old second division playoff final for a chance to get back into the top flight you can imagine it was quite a big game the first the first game was drawn nil nil at roker park the second one at st james's park i went to as a student up in newcastle at the time and i was watching some highlights of it again on youtube last night to refresh my memory it was an extraordinary night um, the pitch looked like it had been uh taken straight from one of your farmer's fields um the football was rudimentary to say the least, but blimey it was entertaining. Sunderland won it 2-0. The Newcastle fans piled onto the pitch five minutes before the end of the game to try and get it abandoned, desperately trying to stop their rivals getting to Wembley. Um, it's always stuck in my mind, that game. And what surprises me is that people in the North East are saying that Saturday's FA Cup third round tie between the two teams at the Stadium of Light is the biggest Weirtine derby since that day, 33 years ago. It is an enormous fixture, um, isn't it? And what what has surprised me, just sort of looking at a few notes before coming on today, is Sunderland's dominance as of late. Yes, I, indeed. I, I can't, well, I say as of late, as, you know, over, over a fair uh, period. I, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have, have, have said that off, off memory. Uh, not that my memory's that great, but um, it, it's a, it's, it's an enormous game for Eddie Howe. I, I really do think that. And there's this great debate going on at the moment about Eddie Howe's uh, position. They're not on a good run. We know that. Ninth in the Premier League. The Liverpool defeat. I think everybody expected it. Uh, what was more damaging was losing at home to Nottingham Forest, losing uh, away at Luton. Uh, but this is, I think this is an, uh, an extreme game. For Eddie Howe, because of the nature of this game, and I've always felt he has the backing of the Newcastle support. But lose a derby game against a team from the division below, and I suspect 
if, if if they do end up losing, that there will be an element of the Newcastle support who do question whether he's the right man to carry on. It's it's that big. I think this would be like a pub fight on a football pitch. I really do. A Sat- pub fight? Saturday. A pub fight on a football pitch. I don't think there'd be much quality to it. I think it will be one of those. I think it'll be an arm wrestle. Um, that's what I mean. I think it'll be. A, I'm not going to use it all for so, 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 so the pubs you frequent, that's how they fight, is it? Arm wrestling. Now, careful, careful, careful. Let's not go into anti-Northern territory again. You've already been there once this morning. But again, like I say, we'll get to that in a minute. No, I just think there won't be much quality on show. Let, let's... Um, have a quick look at the the statistics which you which you briefly referred to there. So these two teams, Newcastle and, and Sunderland, haven't actually played each other for eight years, um, and Newcastle haven't beaten Sunderland for more than thirteen years. The last time they did so was in yeah, August. But that's not that's not amazing, is it? If they haven't played for eight years, well, Sunderland are nine unbeaten against them. Sunderland are nine unbeaten against Newcastle. That's quite a stretch. That's quite a stretch when you consider that the historically um, the uh, the games have always been very, 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 very tight. I think over the years, I think they've played 153 times, and I think Newcastle. But you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't think they've played 153 times. You know well, that. It's in, well, it's interesting because I d- I did know that, but I've forgotten to write it down <laughs> on my on my on my notes. So I'm having to remember what I looked at last night. That's mm. why I'm saying I think I'm pretty sure that they played 153 times. Newcastle have won 53, 53 of those, and Sunderland have won 50. So when you look at that um, in the in that context, it is a, it is unusual or surprising that Sunderland have had such a hold over Newcastle. The question is, can it can it continue and I just want to throw throw this out there: Is is this game as important to Eddie Howe as people say? And 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 should, well, you've already said it is, but I'm not sure it should be. It's an, F, it's an FA Cup game. They're not the Newcastle season is not, is not about the FA Cup. Of course, it would be a mortal blow to Newcastle supporters' pride were they to lose. But I don't think it should be seen as anything more significant than that in the bigger picture. Eddie Howe, as far as I'm concerned, should still be absolutely rock solid safe in that position. But that's not the way it works, is it? When you have a rivalry and an expectation that your team should be far superior, as in Newcastle, should be far superior to Sunderland. I, I, I and, and the run that they are on... Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm totally with you in in what you're saying about Eddie Howe should have credit in the bank, but eventually there will, you know, there will be a catalyst and a, you know a starting point, and and I suspect it will probably be this game if Newcastle uh, do not end up or, or getting through this tie, and it'll be interesting how Eddie Howe approaches it. I do think he's one of those managers who, uh, if you look back historically, when he was manager of Bournemouth. Made eleven changes, I think, in uh, or he has done an FA Cup ties. Guarantee you, he will have to go full hit uh, against Sunderland. He knows the magnitude of this game, not just because of the rivalry, but because of his position and and the desperation for a win. Newcastle have one win in eight in all competitions. Eighteen goals conceded during that period. Got an absolute shoeing at Anfield. Let's be honest about it. Um, despite the fact they were they only lost it four two in the end. I mean it could have been could have been eight one quite easily that one. Um Do you so know I what the see... XG? Do you know what Liverpool's XG was? I know you're big into your stats and what have you. Oh, you know what I feel about XG, but go on, I'll try and stay awake while you tell Li- me. Liverpool's 
well, you need to you need to modernise, uh, and that's not a dig at the north. Um, that's a long li- conversation. <laughs> Liverpool's xG in that game was seven point one one over seven goals. So that sort of you know emphasises your that point. Was a I read some of that was a Premier League record, actually, despite the fact I don't pay much attention or heed to that to that um, to that uh, to that way of looking at football matches. That way of looking at football matches, I believe it was a Premier League record. Um, now, things um, Newcastle, uh, Sunderland, in a slightly uh, different position, obviously, um, in the Championship. They've changed their manager recently. Your mate Michael Beale is in, um, former Rangers manager. They sacked Tony Mowbray when when they were ninth. Um, I don't know what that says. Um, they're now sixth. Beal is actually three three unbeaten. Um, for them, it's all about pride, isn't it? Really? No, it's not. Not about not in a, a derby game. It's not about pride. It's about winning, isn't it? And uh, I suppose uh, you know you, you speak of Sunderland's recent record. Uh, Michael Beal will want to maintain that record. So it's not you know derby games aren't. Aren't, you know about well they are about pride but they're more about winning if you you know if you're having an order winning then maybe you know there there are ways to lose any football match but uh, no Sunderland need to be more than competitive. You've been critical this season of Eric Ten Hag and the way that he's summed up some of the games that Manchester United have played. Eddie Howe, usually quite straight talking, sensible, calm chap, sounded a little bit delusional. After the Newcastle defeat at Liverpool, didn't he? Talking up, focusing a lot on Liverpool's admittedly dodgy second penalty, suggesting that his team had been defensively um, resolute, which I don't think anybody really thought that they were. Mm. Does that uh, sound of pressure? Yep. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's the first stages, really, of. Uh, a guy who knows that his team need to need to get results and get results uh, quickly, using excuses, uh, which which you know, quite frankly, weren't there, as you've quite rightly said. So you know, he knows what he has to do. They're they're on a, they're on a poor run, as I said. Liverpool wasn't the damaging game. Liverpool can do that to anybody. They can tear any team apart. Um, you know, losing to Nottingham Forest at home was an enormous loss. Losing to Luton away, their away form has been wretched uh, anyway, but losing to Luton, promote the team, Newcastle United fans expect better. And we, we know all the, the story of this season, Eddie Howe's having to cope with uh, with injuries. But at, at some point, there will be a point where we, we all have to look at things objectively. We can say last season, Newcastle overachieved. This season, at this moment, with with Champions League football, whatever we get that with with injuries, yes, we understand that. But there will, uh, you know, there will become a point where everybody has to look at things objectively and thinking: Is Eddie Howe underachieving? And I think we are nearly at that point, which is hence why the game against Sunderland is so big. Talking of underachieving, Arsenal have been doing a little bit of that recently, or plenty of of that recently. They're in a really sticky run of form. Um, Arsenal Liverpool Sunday evening, perhaps the second most intriguing game of the weekend after one we've just been talking about. Um now what do you do if you're if you're if you're Jurgen Klopp and Mikel Arteta? What kind of team do you pick? That's what I'm getting at. Do you go do you go weakened team, full strength, try and get it done. Nobody wants a replay after all. This is, you know, uh, 
this is fascinating. Um, I think it's a bigger game for Arsenal, uh, but the truth is we're looking at this game thinking, you've you've said Arsenal v Liverpool. We're expecting Arsenal reserves against Liverpool reserves. So, Are we, though? I'm not sure we are. Well, I, well, I hope not. Because well, you, you know, I'll tell you why. Yeah. I tell you why because because a replay damages damages both teams. It's supposed to be Arsenal going into what's supposed to be a two week winter break. I know that's a bit of a joke, but they're going into a two week winter break. A replay ruins that because that gets that gets situated in the in the middle of it. Um, Liverpool don't need a replay. They they they're already looking at a January. That, com- that contains seven games. That'll be eight if they get a replay. Man City have only got three games scheduled for January. Liverpool have got a two-legged Car- uh, Carabao Cup semi-final to play against Fulham. First one's ne- middle of next week. Nobody wants a replay from this game. That I think, therefore, the only way is to go and try and win it. The way to try and win it is to pick a strong team, surely. Well, that's... Pick that, a strong that, team and then give them you know, two that's weeks off. Logic. I, I suspect Liverpool and Arsenal will both be trying to win the game anyway, regardless of the team that that uh, that, that they put out. Um, but I just I, I just think that Ars- Arsenal are really interesting, and it's not that I think it's all going to unravel because I think that they are too good for that. But I think with with what they achieved last season, I uh, say what they achieved, uh, you know, but but. The Premier League form was excellent last season until they fell away at the end. And then, you know, they've tried to do it in a different way this season. You spoke about Arsenal's recent record. That um, hasn't become a problem yet because they are still in a title race. But I think there'll be Arsenal fans if they get knocked out of the FA Cup uh, who, you know, would would feel really sort of down and uh, and disappointed with that. Arsenal, as far as I'm concerned, and Liverpool should both be going full hit and, and, and trying to win a trophy. And, uh, you know, it, uh, that will be reflected uh, or, or what happens after the game, the reaction after the game will be reflected because of uh, what uh, which which uh, teams that, uh, that both managers put out. I think, you know, it's going to have a huge bearing I'll tell you on what, I tell you what, Liverpool's under under strength team in inverted commas doesn't half um it doesn't half um is not half worth looking at the team that they played um that they fielded against West Ham in the quarter final of the League Cup and indeed the team that they played at Bournemouth in the round before that um uh, Van Dijk, Gomez, Jones, Elliot, Endo, Slobozai, Nuno, uh, sorry Nunes, Gakpo. I mean, blimey! I mean, that's that's some under strength team, isn't it? And if that if that lot, I know that. I know Endo can't because he's away, but if that lot if that lot rock up uh, at the Emirates on Sunday afternoon, then they'll take some beating, first team or second team, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and uh, and I checked back to Liverpool's team last season; they got knocked out by Brighton uh, away in the FA Cup, and it it was you know it was a strong team. Salah started uh, that game, so you know I think Jurgen Klopp does um, you know in essence try to respect. Um, the, the the cup competitions, yeah. uh, which which he should be doing. Pep does it, doesn't he? he always he, he always goes full hit. So Pep's, Pep so really I think it. I think Arteta has tinkered a little bit in the you know in the past and uh, and made changes. But I I think it's one where at this moment of the season where Arsenal were, if they were top of the top of the league by a few points as Liverpool are, then you know maybe Arteta can change. But if you if you're an Arsenal fan and, and you see Arteta make wholesale changes, I think you'll go berserk. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, we mentioned replays briefly uh, in terms of whether these two teams would really want one. There is talk yet again at the moment, of this being the final season of third and fourth round FA Cup replays. have already been scrapped for the rounds. Beyond that, it's talk now that this will be the last season that we see replays in the third or fourth rounds. Now, that um, offends my sense of football tradition, but I'm beginning to sense that I am a not a lone voice, but in the minority when it comes to this argument. Which side of that particular fence do you sit? Um, well, well, this argument about no replays, it's it's there solely to serve the big clubs, the top flight clubs, the Premier League clubs. Uh, you know, no replays. Uh, the, the impact that can have further down the chain, nobody gives a damn about that. But it's the... It's it, it's so important for uh, for the survival of, of of clubs further down the chain, and I think that should be prioritised. Not about Premier League players being fatigued and tired with all the money that they have to spend, and um, you know the strength and depth they have within their squads. It's about survival of uh, of clubs lower down the the food chain, and that and that's why I do not understand this in any any way, shape, or form. Well. I understand it, and I'll, I think I'll explain the way I see it in a minute. But let's just explain the the way it works. Say, for example, take for example the Wigan versus Manchester United third round game that takes place in Wigan on Monday night. Um, as it stands, um, both clubs will take forty five percent of the gate receipts from from that game, which is obviously a you know a, a decent little uh, windfall for Wigan. But if they if we can get a draw, go to Old Trafford for a replay, all of a sudden. They're getting forty-five percent of eighty thousand full house, and that starts to make a real difference to these clubs. Take that away, and you can see the effect that it has. And with you on this, um, I think it goes against everything that the football pyramid in this country is supposed to represent and stand for. And I think it does show a shocking disregard um, or to the welfare of the clubs further down that pyramid. And I tell you what, it's about Chris, or partly. What it's about is the expanded Champions League. Without going into all the details, the Champions League will be bigger next season. Clubs will play more games, will play more games in the first stage. Those games will be spread through the winter. That's one of the reasons why the big clubs want to get rid of um, th- a third and fourth round replays. So when the big clubs say to us, when managers like Pep Guardiola and others say to us, 
that they don't want to play as many games. That's not really what they mean. What they mean is they're happy to play as many games, but they want to play the games that they want to play. They don't want to play the games that we want them to play. They want to play the games that suit them. And that is a key difference. Okay, so so here's a a question for you then. Do you think that that Pep Guardiola, uh, not just Pep Guardiola, but, but Premier League managers, you know, the, you know, the big clubs, the top 10 clubs in the Premier League, do you think they give a stuff about what's happening at League Two level? Chris, 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 these people are so wrapped up in their own self-interest, I'm amazed they can even breathe. Let's put it that way. Now, um, Hull versus Birmingham is another FA Cup third round tie this week. And the only reason that we mention that um, is because it's Birmingham's first game without Wayne Rooney, who they sacked. Um, earlier this week. Very, very quickly, do we think Wayne Rooney will come back to management? That's three That's three strikes now. Three strikes are off and out. That was a baseball, that was a baseball reference, by the way. Yeah, I did, I did get that. Not that I'm an, a baseball expert. Not that I'm an expert on anything. Um, yes, Wayne Rooney will come back into management. At, at, he loves the game. And, and that's why I think he'll come back. And, uh, but at what level? I haven't got a clue. He can't come back in at Premier League level. I'd be surprised if he got another chance in the Championship. It, it, you know, I think I, I do think we are... I, I think he was stuffed uh, at Birmingham City, stuffed by Gary Cook, stuffed by the no-fear football thing, which, you know, has come back to, to, to bite the owners in the backside. I mean, you know, that, that, that was awful. Um, you know, they... They promised a uh, a manager and a brand of football which was unrealistic, um, and that was you know that's that's been the biggest issue. I think Birmingham fans expected something different. They didn't get it, and then you go back to the John Eustace um, um, sacking. How unfortunate it was for John Eustace, but unfortunate for Birmingham City. They were flying under John Eustace, and now they're you know they're in a relegation scrap. Uh, scrap. When you look at some of the big names who've um, reached the end of their playing career and struggled in management, could argue that you were one of them after your short spell at Lincoln. But what happened? Um, at, what happened at Lincoln? Oh, we've, had, we've had this before. You, 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 you well, left. You, you, you left just, on the point you've of just, principle. You've, 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 you've thrown that out there, haven't you? But you know, I've said to you before. One of these days, we we will. One of these days, we will dedicate a whole half an hour show to you to your. Eight months as a Premier, as, as a uh, football yeah, league fake manager. news again, wrong again. So just get one fact um, right. What I do think is when I look at some of the big names who've, who've struggled to transition from playing to managing, um, Stephen Gerrard, um, Gary Neville, uh, Roy Keane, Frank Lampard to a less dis- lesser degree, um, Phil Neville, um, now Wayne Rooney, and there are others. Um, the others historically as well, going all the way back to our 1966 World Cup winning team as well. I do wonder sometimes whether some of these guys would be more suited to roles as number two, because you do, and I say that because you do look around and you see people like uh, John Terry doing that and Ashley Cole's had a go at that with Rooney at Birmingham, actually. You look at um, a player like, I know he's not in the same bracket in terms of, quality as a player but someone like Kevin Nolan who's a very good player for Bolton has gone on to be a very very good number two for people like Sam Allardyce and he's now at West Ham with uh, David David Moyes um, at Everton Sean Dyche has Ian Wone and Steve Stone um, and I do wonder sometimes whether 
the presence of a, of a bigger name sitting beneath the manager can work rather than he being the guy who's got to kind of lead the steer the ship as it were it's just it's just a theory i wonder if it's something that rooney would would now consider because he's got lots of friends in the game rooney i don't think he'd be short of work if he wanted to go in as a coach don't think he'd be short of work at all i suspect most i mean we don't know uh most uh people's aspirations they may want to be managers themselves but just you know uh, just suit a particular role, but we don't know, you know, further down the line whether that that would be part of the learning curve. Look at Mikel Arteta, I suppose. You know, did the hard yards under Pep Guardiola. I actually, you know, got, gone are the days. I do think, with, with in most situations, uh, certainly uh, at Premier League level, where. Um, y- because players have had uh, stellar playing careers, they they walk into management. I actually had a look back at the um, at the the inaugural Premier League season and the managers who managed uh, uh, that season, and you know it's a, a, and you compare it to today's Premier League, and you, like you look at the difference in terms of you know Dalglish, Souness, Joe Royal, uh, Jerry Francis, Trevor Francis. Um, you know, he had Brian Clough, Steve Koppel, Peter Reid, uh, play, uh, managers who had had stellar careers themselves get going into these positions. If you were to look at the Premier League right now, how many managers in the Premier League have had stellar playing careers? And you could probably, uh, or, 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 or gotten the jobs because of their playing careers. You could, you could argue the merits of Arteta, but Arteta's done the hard yards under Pep Guardiola. I think there's only one, and I think that's Vincent Company. Who he oh, possibly had a pretty decent, Pep had a yeah, decent, Pep, yeah, that, pretty that's, decent yeah. playing career. But, but, he played but, for Barcelona, but, yeah, Chris. and he did. But but it also done the hard yards in management uh, yeah, yeah, uh, before uh, uh, and won you know won Champions Leagues at Barcelona and and been very very successful. But other than uh, other than um, you know you you mentioned Pep and that's fair enough. But other than Arteta, where that's that's yeah. a debate. But he did do the hard yards. But Vincent Company's the, the only part one. Of it. I wonder if part of it, and I'm not. This isn't aimed at Wayne Rooney, who I don't think has a particular ego. I do wonder if part of it is ego. Yeah, it is. And I, and I want it is. You think? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. You know, these in, in, in what in, in terms in, of in the wanting to be, you know, you know, Stephen Gerrard, Lamp, uh, Frank Lampard, uh, Wayne Rooney. They want to be the main person. That yeah, that's how yeah. they have been that, throughout their playing careers. Can I ask you? I want to finish by asking you two two questions, and the first one is related to this. The second one is something I should have asked you five minutes ago. I'm going to go back to it. So, I was teasing you about your spell at, at, at Lincoln, but but seriously, when you did it, when you went into management, how difficult is it to go from being a player who essentially lives a, a quite simple life in terms of you go where you're told, you you know you you, you play where you're told, you, you train when you're told, you eat what you're told, you sleep where you're told, and essentially what you have to look after is yourself and your own performance. How difficult is it to transition from that to all of a sudden being in charge of a group of people, an organisation, having to organise everything, having to make decisions, having to carry all that responsibility on your shoulders? How, how difficult is that transition? It's a well, it's a, it's a totally different skill set, and and that's what uh, you know. That's what Premier League chief execs are are becoming wise to now, because you you know you you you, you we are seeing the odd great player get an opportunity, but in the main, 
you look at, uh, for example, what's what? Well, look at Tottenham, for example, Ange Postecoglou, the hard yards his son, and Donny Iriola. Nobody had really heard of him um, when he went into Bournemouth. Uh, Gary O'Neill, there's that lovely clip at uh, at Wolves uh, after a game where Gary O'Neill's actually talking about uh, you know his playing career, saying he wasn't a you know a, a stellar player. Uh, you know, and what have you. So it, it, it's it's about uh, people who have done the hard yards uh, through coaching and and worked the way up into uh, a certain position. Uh, I went in at, at, a, at League Two level. The difference is 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 you've mentioned all all the things you need to think about when you're a player, and basically it's yourself. But but you know, management. Uh, it, it's there's so many uh, different. Compartments to management, leadership is important. Psychology is important. The ability to uh, certainly at, at uh, you know at lower level to to take training sessions yourself to uh, you know and, and for players to respond to believe in you to go in a dressing room and talk about a certain way you're playing and getting getting the players to buy into that. And as a player, you you don't do any any of that. Um, you know, essentially. So that's you know that that that's that's the difference. And you know, I've mentioned sort thirty odd years ago uh, the start of the Premier League and the difference. And there is a marked difference now. That's not to say that great players can't become great managers. I just think that they have to do the hard yards. And I think that uh, that certainly um, you know football clubs have cottoned on to that in the main. I think Chris Sutton management is something that we should come back to. And I mean that uh, seriously. I think I would like to talk to you in depth about your experiences at Lincoln, but we haven't got time. Uh, to but it, do does, it, it doesn't, but, but you know, a, a, a great footballing career doesn't mean you're going to become a, a great manager. And no. that's the point. I mean, you no, know, which is clear. At, at Christmas, I put a couple of cat towers up. That doesn't make me Nick Knowles, a DIY expert, does it? But they, <laughs> they, they were, I did well. They've stayed Have up. They stayed the up. cats, the cats are happy. Do we need to explain to but I'm a I'm a cat lover and a cat owner, as you know. Do, do we need to years. explain what a cat tower do is? Do we need to explain it's a what tower a cat for cats? Tower is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tower for cats to climb up. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, to stop them, just to literally stop them climbing the walls. Now, finally, question I should have asked you earlier. Um, so I apologize for that. I'm gonna ask it anyway, because it's important. Should have asked you in the Arsenal section. Um Arsenal have made um not a complaint, but they've made a re- they've made a, a point to the Premier League and to the referees' body about treatment they believe has been handed out to Bukayo Saka. They think he should be given more protection. Very short answer. If you were Bukayo Saka, would you feel a bit embarrassed about that and not think to yourself, you know what, I can look after myself? And secondly, is it justified? Have you seen anything to suggest that Bukayo Saka is treated any differently than any other attacking player who happens to be quite good with the ball at his feet? No, I think, I think you know you've, you've answered that yourself. I think Bukayo Saka will be a bit embarrassed about the situation. It's a compliment, isn't it? That players want to want to get close to you and and, and kick you. I don't think Arsenal. I don't know what they're thinking of there and where they're yeah, going okay. with that. Ridiculous. Okay, well that's that. Now the start of this show. I started this show by referencing the fact that you've broken your New Year's resolution, which you have. You told me a week ago that you would stop um, insulting me. Um, by referencing um, the, uh, it has to be. Uh, it has to be. It, it has you, to be on sent, recording. 
you essentially said to me you would stop using northern as an insult. And before we came on air this morning, you told me about this lovely breakfast you're about to go and have with your son at a nice deli around the corner from your farm. And you said to me, you wouldn't know about places like that. You're from the north. So there we go. Four days, four days, and it's all in it. Four days, and it's all in tatters. What a surprise. Okay, look, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoy your weekend's football. Uh, make sure you're back with us on Monday for the next episode of It's All Kicking Off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 